Episode 17 of the New Outriders podcast. I am your host, Talon, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Lady Roxanne and Lord Lassarian. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Hail Noor to you as well. It seems like it's been months since we've spoken. Hail N-O-R. It's uh, good to be back. It does, it does seem like it's been months. It hasn't been, though. It's been since July 25th. Holy cow! Well... It was the summer. In the time, in that time, the the High Council managed to take a, a four week vacation from not doing anything. Um, I moved from one crappy flyover state to another, <laughs> and it seems like the Neverwinter branch has tripled in size. <laughs> that happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well then. Yes, that was a well deserved vacation. How was your four-week hiatus? That was awesome. fabulous. Are you kidding me? That was magnificent. So was that just to, to reset the batteries or you know, uh, not step originally. away from everything? Or No, no. Originally, it was just like, you know, Rox had uh, – the beginning of August was screwed up for Roxanne. And then uh, Yav was going to be away for three weeks in August, I wasn't sure about two of the weeks that he was be able to be back. Avin was traveling the last week of August. I was traveling the first week of August. So, I mean, it was going to work out to no matter how we did it, there was only going to be two of us on anyway, at most. So we decided to just, you know, have a little recess and, and not bother. Well, and it was pretty good. I mean, we meet every Sunday, barring any holidays. So, you know. I mean, that actually worked out to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit because, you know, not having to worry about it or, or I don't know, just being able to have a little break was, was kind of nice. I mean, not that it's terribly strenuous or anything like that, because it's not, but it was still nice. Well, and then you, you're doubling up for your time back. You guys had the business meeting on Sunday, and now there's a, basically an all-guild officers meeting next Sunday. Yes. So, so that'll Woo-hoo! be... That's not, you know, that's not, you know, the the officers meeting. I'm, I'm really just hoping to be used as a, uh, the primary purpose of that that meeting is literally to have the meeting. I mean, not to just say we did, it and then that's cool well, thought- but you know, to actually get all of the officers in one place and get them talking to each other, uh, and drawing on each other's experience and asking each other questions and, and being able to use each other as resources, uh, and also be able to talk about, you know, whatever it is that they, you know, want to talk about. I thought we were going to be, uh, you know, getting rid of some officers. Well, let's hope so, damn it. <laughs> oh, and hey, there's also been some other big news. For people that don't read the website, someone's having a baby. Tallow had his baby. I'm not talking about Tallow. Well, OJ had his baby, too. Not about OJ. Well. Come on. What? Spill oh, it. Okay, I'm having a baby. I mean, not me, of course, but my wife is having a baby. <laughs> More babies to talk about and love. <laughs> right on the heels of your wedding. Yeah. Your online wedding. 
in Rift. But the online wedding, which, by the way, was a total blast. I'm just glad I got to put it online and record it. I'm not much of a wedding photographer, though, so... Camera, really camera works a little shoddy. And I think it worked out great, and we had a blast, and it was fun. You know, it would have been nice if maybe one or two people had come to the occasion. Um... <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so sorry I missed yes, it. Yes, it was yes. Pretty, it was pretty well attended, but there were some glaring omissions. There were a few Why noticeable I absences, I have to say. I mean, like well, half my house is still not unpacked, and I managed to be there. Oh, shut up! Fight me, Kai, who I think you know was was calling from the inside of an airplane somewhere over Siberia, uh, managed to get there. Kai was there. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel like crap. I'm so sorry. I like how she's disappointed that she missed Kai at my online wedding. That's nice. <laughs> have you at least watched it on YouTube? <laughs> yes, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen the video. She no. hasn't watched the video, of course not. But I've seen pictures. Doesn't that count for anything? And Stell was nope, beautiful. Not really. No. I'm surprised Zira hasn't made gifts out of the whole affair. Oh, there's a suggestion. Don't give her any ideas, for God's sakes. Well, she's already passed you, Lass, and... I have no idea what those things do to our bandwidth. Hopefully nothing. Well, (laughs) she's not storing and uploading them to the forums. She's linking to them from outside, so... Oh, okay, so so we're safe. Okay, A couple of them are uploaded. Not not too many of them, but... Not many, but a couple of them are. I think we're good. Yeah. Well, I, I think she's going to end up passing everyone in total posts. No. No, well, I guess she will. I don't think Kylo's given up that throne. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be in second place soon. Um, I don't think I'm in danger of falling to third anytime soon, but as long as Tundra for Star Wars and Neverwinter keeps posting, you know, 16 events a week, you know, for sign-ups and everything, he'll be passing me pretty soon. There's not well, enough, he, he, there's he's not posting enough. his events in advance. I mean, pretty soon he's yes. going to be posting events for next December. Yes, he will be. Well, but, you know, wrong with that. most of my posts consist of news I find out on the web, and there's not enough MMO news to overrun how many events he posts. Well, you know what happens when there's not enough news to post? You just make it up. Hello? I'm not the onion. He's going to, yeah, tell, that's, you know, that's against Taylor's nature. Or the he doesn't want to just post the vamp. Mm. Well, regardless, she's doing an awesome job. So No, more participation is always good. More participation yes. is always good. Couldn't agree more. Hence the purpose of that, that officer meeting, because we're having a little bit of uh, we've got some wayward branches, I think, and I think some of, the, some of our officers are feeling a little... A little isolated, and uh, I, you know, I'm going to bring him back into the back into the family room and sit everybody down and, and you know look at each other and nod and you know say nice things and whatever. I mean, because we're a multi-game guild, being active on the forums is extra important. If we were one of those guilds that's only ever active in one game at a time and the whole guild hopped from game to game, it wouldn't be as necessary. But with a multi-game guild with branches that are active across several games, you have to be on the forums. You just have to. I agree. I agree completely. I mean, if you, And if you're not, you're losing out. I mean, you're, you're losing out, your well, member's losing out, and the guild is losing out. I mean, there's a, it's, like a, it's like a three-front loser. There's, there's no upside. No, you're isolating yourself, and as an officer, you you have 
any of us should be posting and, and reading the forums. And if you're not reading or logging in or posting, then you're not being a very good officer. Yeah, I said it. Okay. So how about them apples? Well, how about that? Well, I think it's a matter of acclimation. You know, we've got some... We've got well, it's just shocking to me how many high-level officers cannot bother themselves to log on to the boards once a week. Well, I, I agree. I mean, there are certainly some old-time members that really should... It'd be nice Active to see them setting officers. examples. You know, uh, yes, yes. Well, we have some new officers, too. Officers. You know, who I'm, no, I'm talking about the old active officers. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, we've all, got, we've all got gaps. I mean, oh, I'm, yeah, not, that's true. I'm not actually to... playing an MMO right now. That's a strike against me. You respond to email. If it's within a fortnight, we're lucky. I mean, that's a strike. Well, that's true. That's a strike that's against true. you. I mean, we've all got gaps. But in my gaps. defense, in my defense, I have had a lot of personal stuff going on this summer. But, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get back in the groove. And the people that I'm talking about are people that have been doing it for years, or I should say not doing it for years. And years. Just saying. You're not going to be making trouble at my officer meeting, are you, Ross? I'm not. Maybe I'll have to record that, too. Are you coming? I don't know. I don't see why not. Well, there you go. Well, the persons that I'm referring to probably won't even show up, so you don't have to worry about me making trouble. I'll be, I'll be sweet. I'm not worried about you making trouble. What have I ever been worried about that? See, I should be there because, for whatever reason, my wife feels bad that since we've moved, I basically haven't had any time to play games. So she says this weekend I can do as much gaming as I want. Oh, awesome. Now, if she finds a way to make my baby less cute, that might actually happen. But dad is better than gaming, so. Totally. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Hey, you know, when those babies come, it it makes your gaming life totally different. I'm sure he'll be orphaned when um, Elder Scrolls comes out. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> Plus, you know, The Sims 4 is coming next year, so my wife will be back on the horse. (laughs) Well, let's go back to the baby issue, because I want to talk about Lass's baby. Oh, God. Yeah, so any good news? Any news lately for the baby? Uh, No, nothing really has changed. Her due date's February 21st. It's a girl. Um, Girls are always better than boys. That's all we know, really, at the moment. Boys are stinky. <laughs> well, we were sort of hoping for a boy, because it's all girls on both sides of the family everywhere. So we haven't had a boy in you know this generation yet, so we were kind of hoping, but no such luck. But that's fine. We're looking forward to the girl. See, well, I, wanted, you know. I wanted a girl, and then, like, the second the doctor said, you have a son, because we didn't find out beforehand, um, I didn't care anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. You're counting toes and fingers. It's, it's. You think you, it's important, but you know, the second they're born, if not. That's true. All yeah, right. so I'm going to have a, an infant daughter and a 17 year old daughter. So there goes my hairline. You didn't have much of one to begin with, did you? Or there goes the rest of my hairline. Oh snap! 
Although, uh, to be perfectly honest, you know, off the top of my head, I may have, convi- you know, got you and Gil backwards. Because I've, I've never seen you just in a picture by yourself. You're always in a picture with a group, and I know Gillen was in several of those pictures, so I may have you backwards. You didn't look at the pictures from July? or I'm Yeah, sorry. but I don't remember July. July. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a car in July for like, you know, 48 hours straight. It wasn't in July. It was... Well, you know, I had a baby. Well, that's true. That's true. Yes. All right, so we did we did officer meeting, right? We were yep. done with that. We did the form. We got one last piece of guild business to start off the top of the show. Um, we need money. We do need money. Oh yeah, we do need money. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Working on that the trademark still, and we've got to renew our tax exempt status. Well, now in fairness, we don't we don't need we want money. That that should be the the better way. That we actually have enough money to file the trademark and the copyright. We have $323 in our account. But that's going to wipe it out, right? That would, that, if we filed the trademark, that would take 300 of it, yes. The tax-exempt filing is, is actually separate from the nonprofit filing. The nonprofit formed the corporation. The tax-exempt filing, which is a 25-page monstrosity from the federal government, which I have successfully completed and filled out, um, has a filing fee of $400, would allow us to not pay taxes on any donations that we received and allow all of our donors to declare those donations as a charitable donation. So they could actually oh. use the tax exemption for whatever they give to the guild. So there's a nice bump for members, donors, um, and, of course, for the guild itself. So it's a it's kind of a separate beast. So you can, you can be a nonprofit but not be tax-exempt, and you can be a nonprofit and be tax-exempt. We're trying to get both. So now if we get tax-exempt status, that's like the first step towards money laundering, right? <laughs> to any of the federal agencies currently listening in on this conversation, he's kidding. Well, that's right. The NSA is listening to our conversation right now. Um, well, well, last going back to the cost of everything, you said we had money in there, but yeah. if if we use it, that'll wipe us out. And then how? Will, I mean, we've got everyday expenses, right? We have no, we don't actually. Most of the expenses that we we pay for, we pay for in large chunks. Like, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, Teamspeak server uh, just uh, renewed in September. We pay for that in one year blocks. So that was $85 that we've already paid. So we have, we actually had 400, now we have 328 and some odd. So TeamSpeak is paid for the next 12 months. Um, the hosting is paid for until March or May of next year. The domain name is paid for until 2018. So we really don't have monthly expenses per se. Well, I shouldn't have said everyday expenses, but I know that we do pay for things like that and you know, some members might think, well, we've got enough to pay for, you know, the copyright or whatever. But in actuality, you know, we really do need to put that, put extra money aside for all of the services like TeamSpeak and the website that the Guild provides. We do. Uh, in the next six months, we have about $180 worth of expenses, which would pay for the next three years of hosting for the forums and for the domain name and all that other stuff. Um in addition to any optional 
expenses we wish to embark upon, for example, the trademark or the tax exemption. Now, the tax exemption would be extremely handy to have as an incentive. For example, Burley had begun sort of a, uh, a phone call and email and letter writing campaign to, uh, you know, I mean, he wrote to Dell and Hewlett Packard and uh, Blizzard and a couple of other places to try to induce them to offer the guild gifts in the form of, mm-hmm. you know, spare parts, monitors, free computers, game cards, you know, game time cards, that kind of stuff, which, you know, if we had tax exempt services, these companies could write those expenses off. Right. Um, which would be good for them and good for us. Um, and also, any, any money that we were to give to the guild would also be um, declarable as a tax exemption. So there's that as an incentive, but is it, is it critical? Yeah, probably not. You know, I mean, it would be nice to have, but it's, that's quite a bit of money. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of divided about it. You know, it's, I'd really like to trademark the, and copyright things, particularly if we – you know, have any success with the world record, you know, ever, um, then we're really going to wish we had those sort of legal protections. Um, the tax exemption would be nice, but that's, you know, I sort of leave it in the hands of the members to decide what it is they want to do. They can, you know, they can make their wishes known by, you know, pressing the PayPal button. Is well, the tax exemption something that has to be refiled every not that couple of years? Or no, is it I don't believe so. I think it's a one-time filing fee and then we're done. But I, I'm looking into it just to be sure. Well, I have a question for you, Lass, and I don't know if this would be viable or not, but perhaps we could offer an incentive for donations for that. Sure. What did you have in mind? Well, maybe like a mouse pad or a T-shirt or something that would be... Hot bags. Well, you know, anything in the store that they buy pays for the item itself, and a little piece of it goes to the guild. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I was just thinking, like, if you contributed, you know, like PBS does when they do their pledge drives, if you, you, you know, give a certain amount of money, then maybe you get a free T-shirt. Sure, sure. I, you know, I was, um, I guess I was thinking in reverse. So if people would rather not just kind of blindly throw money at the guild, but they really wanted that NOR baseball cap, then they could they could get the baseball cap and, you know, they get the cap and then, you know, like five bucks of that money, whatever, goes to the guild. You get a tote bag with Tundra's face on it in the store, and we'll make up all that money in like a week. Yeah. I issued a challenge on Tallow's, you know, one of the fundraising posts that we put up, that I would match the members dollar for dollar. Nobody took me up on it. Well, I did just get my wife's, you know, um, reimbursement for our moving expenses, so... I'll have to put something in there. (laughs) I'm going to have to think about it some more. So that's it. That's what I got. All right. Well, I think that's it for guild business. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick to one piece of game news, I think, this week, and we're going to talk about uh, EverQuest Next and maybe briefly EverQuest Next Landmark. Um, EverQuest Next was unveiled at SOE Live, on my birthday, August 2nd. Um, it's essentially a reboot of the EverQuest series. It's still Norath, and there'll be some cities and some names that people recognize, but it's essentially a reboot on the series. Um, 
just touch quickly on some of the, the features they've announced, and then we'll go back and discuss it more in depth. Um, it's going to be a, a voxel-based destructible world. Um, the changes aren't totally permanent. Uh, after a, an un, an unspecified length of time, uh, parts of the world will respawn so that they're not destroyed forever. Um, otherwise, I'm pretty sure a community of gamers would destroy it in the span of a week. Yeah, they said it would be reduced to a parking lot within about you know yeah. a couple of days. So. Cert, uh, certain things like the like the city of Kanos is not destructible. Um, the world is designed from crust to core, so you can dig down and you can find stuff. Um, and the lower levels are procedurally generated. Um, that's as far as as the world goes. Um, this that is that's a big step forward for for EverQuest and really MMOs in general. That's sort of bringing the Minecraft philosophy into an MMO. Um, some people will be disappointed that their changes aren't permanent, but, like like Les said, it would be a parking lot. Um, does that part of the game interest you guys at all? That level of freedom in an MMO where you can just, like, start taking the world apart to, well, it does. to gather resources and build new things up? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, you know, the, the fewer restrictions that we have... I'm getting some feedback from Rox. Sorry. The the fewer restrictions that we have on the on the players, the better. So this this seems to me to be exactly right down that alley. Uh, one of the one of the articles that I read uh, had mentioned, and not to go too deep here because I know you want to come back to it, was just that some of the player creations will have an opportunity to become permanent fixtures in the game. So I thought that was. That was intriguing. I don't know how original it is, but it certainly is intriguing, at least for the players who are who are likely to be spending a great deal of time working on their creations. Well, see, I, the way I understood it, and I'm probably wrong, but um, that it had to go through some kind of process before it was published. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, to avoid people, you know, like building a giant penis or something. <laughs> You know, well, and, and most of that <laughs> kind of stuff is in EverQuest Next Landmark. Right. It appears Landmark is basically just a building simulation in Norath. Um, it's basically allowing the players to to claim a plot of land or to claim an area of land and link areas of land. And, and it takes away a lot of design grunt away from, frankly, from SOE. They can allow their players to do quite a bit of this work. I suppose for them in a way. Yep. In in Landmark, you build stuff, um, and then you can trade it or sell it with other players on the player studio. Yeah. And then the, apparently the best ones will actually make their way into EQ next. Right. Right. Which is a combination of oversight from SOE and also there's going to be almost like a Facebook like, you know, press if you like this whatever creation. Yeah. Um, it would be like if. If Tryon took the most popular dimension, because you know you right. can visit other people's dimensions and said, "Okay, we're putting this in the world now." Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's intriguing. Um, I, I guess implementation really is everything, you know. I mean, because ideas, the idea sounds great, um, but you know, it's it obviously it all comes down to how well does it work and, and how does it look and. Yeah, and. I know that some people are going to think, you know, it's a voxel-based world, so they're going to think, oh, it's going to be giant blocks like Minecraft. No, not necessarily. 
Um, Minecraft looks like it does because that's the aesthetic they went with on purpose. They wanted it to look like a 3D version of an old 8-bit game. Yeah, no, um, this is just if you're, if you know, Warcraft or Rift or even Star Wars, any any object that you, you know, that spawns or despawns or that you interact with in the game, you know, has a certain visual quality to it that you, you know, but allows you to discern what you can manipulate and what you can't. And I, I think we're just simply talking about creating an entire structure of, of that sort of manipulative, uh, uh, you know, little sprite kind of thing. Yep, and, you know, this kind of freedom has only been available in in niche MMOs as far as the MMO world goes. EverQuest is easily the biggest name that brings this to bear. Um, Which, uh, frankly, leads me to my next question. i got to ask it before I forget, Tal. Well, I mean, seriously, what kind of numbers do you think this is going to... I mean, I think that you, you hit on it with the, the niche exactly. I think EverQuest has its niche, it's got its fans, it's got its player base, and probably they're going to stick to their guns. I mean, the players, I don't mean SOE. Um, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be a large population, but I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting knocking me out of my chair numbers here, are you? No. In fact, given what they're doing, um, I would not be surprised if this was the least popular EverQuest. Right. Um, I don't know what kind of numbers that means, um, but this, it's going to be it's going to be a very different kind of game, and you know I, I don't know what kind of success it's going to have on the open market. And plus, we don't know business model or anything yet. We can assume... It's free to play. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll have to see how their restrictions work. Um, right. After after Rift, I think my personal view of everybody's free to play has changed quite a bit. I gotta say, um, I agree completely. So, I mean, what they offer is gonna, is gonna be very important. Um, let's move on from the world to their version of questing. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is where I think Personally, they're setting us up for the kind of disappointment I got from Guild Wars 2. Uh, we've talked about this before, but, you know, the pre-release marketing for Guild Wars 2 is you're not doing the MMO stuff. There's no exclamation points over people's heads, blah, blah, right. blah. Right. But then you get into the world, and you are doing the same exact MMO stuff. It's just that it pops up in your quest log when you're in the area to do it. Uh, it's even worse than that, Tyler, because I swear to God, I read, it's almost like line by line, the identical quote from SOE pitching how you would approach this sort of non-questing questing. questing. It's exactly like the the phrase that they used in Guild Wars 2. The word organic is used in both. Um, They use the same example. Like, you come along a village and the orcs are attacking it. Do you help the villagers to fend off the orcs or do you assist the orcs sacking the village? It's like the exact same example EQ2 used. I'm sorry, Guild Wars 2 used. Yep, and... Well, there was one thing I liked. Um, like they said, you arrive at a village, and for whatever reason, the village needs an amulet from the bottom of a cave. Standard MMO-type garbage. Um, but where it's different in EQ Next, as opposed to certain other games, is when you get to that cave, based on what other players have done in that zone recently, you know, doing other quests or other events, you know, that cave may be filled with marauding orcs, that cave may be filled with, like, a gnomish archaeology team, the cave could be filled with a whole lot of different things that offer you different options for actually completing the quest. Might the cave be empty because 400 people had been there looking for the amulet? That's possible as well. <laughs> um, 
you know, may the cave be there at all because somebody dug it up. (laughs) So, you know, there's, at least that way, it sounds like they're having more ways to actually achieve the ends of the quest. But it doesn't sound like, other than that, like you'll be doing much that's different. Well, now, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm, kind of trashing EQ next before it's even, because I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm merely expressing some healthy skepticism, at least I hope it's heard that way. But the one thing that they mentioned about the uh, this, this concept of public questing, which I thought was, was rather intriguing, whereas you would have a, uh, almost like a, a worldwide quest occur. And I guess this is kind of similar to, to world events and other games. But basically it would go on as long as it took the players you know, collectively on the world to complete the the quest parameters, and then and then another public quest yep. would become available to the world to the entire you know, you know gaming community. This which I think is kind of cool. What time? You yeah. know, since the results of these are permanent, what this reminded me of, I think I'm echoing off Roxy. Um, what I'm this sorry, reminded I'm me of sure. was the Isle of Keldenass. Um, at the end of Burning Crusade and Warcraft, and um, in in Vanilla Warcraft, the shep- the scepter yeah. of the shifting sands. Right. You opened the the Encourage gate, and the two AQ raids opened up. Precisely. Yes. It, it, it reminded me of those, but there's always one going on. So as soon as everybody finishes one, like they gave an example, like the players band together and do whatever it takes to build the city of Halas. That's the one once I would, it's, yeah. yeah, Once it's built, it stays built, and then the next event happens. So it's right. like there's this one worldwide rallying call at a time that just keeps on going. And that, I think, is – the scope of that is much bigger than I think we've seen in other games. I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be enormous. Roxy, you wanted to interject? Keep running a rover. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, they've also said that um, NPCs will remain retain memories about your actions, but really, that, to me, everything they described was just a rebranding of a basic reputation system. Yeah. Um, you help the one faction that hurts you with the other faction. You help, you know, the other faction that hurts you with the first faction, and, you know, you help one enough that the other one tries to kill you on sight. Um, to me, that was just your standard reputation system just applied more liberally. But again, I, it's, I think it has everything to do with implementation. You know, I mean, yep. if it's done artfully and, you know, cleverly and thoughtfully, uh, I'm not sure I mind that bad that it, maybe it's just a rehash of an older system that's just been updated to seem a little bit more uh, intuitive or, or engaging to the player. That's fine with me. That's okay. There is nothing wrong. Yeah, that's exactly right. There is nothing wrong um, with taking the best it, parts of every other game and combining them into a new one. No, and isn't that really the description of pretty much every game out there? I mean, well, most famously, kind of, that's that's what Warcraft is. We're standing on the shoulders of, of everybody that came before us, you know, in, in, in almost all events, I think. What do we um, What do we know about? I, I read a, did a little bit of reading, not too much, mind you. I, most of the most of the research I was doing, Cal, for my homework assignment on this was was uh, about guilds. Uh, and Endgame and Landmark. Um, you want to talk about combat a little bit? I, I touched on that ever so briefly, and admittedly the article didn't have a great deal of detail because I'm not sure they've released a great deal of detail. What they said was that uh, combat was going to be, um, and you and I, before we started recording, had, were sort of bemoaning the fact that it was entirely combat-based. 
uh, in the first place. But setting that aside for a moment, that the combat was going to be uh, not like EQ2 at all, which I understand can be quite uh, quite convoluted. EQ2 has the same problem that Warcraft and Star Wars and Rift have, is that you have a billion action bars on your screen and right. so many things to remember. Um, EQ Next, there's four things, really big points about combat. You have four class skills that you can have active at any time, of choosing from your entire library of skills, and you have four weapon moves. That sounds, that's really it, right? That's, that, that sounds exactly like Guild Wars 2. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The next thing to note is that you can multi-class indefinitely. Um, there are eight base classes when you start the game. Uh, we know five of them to start with, Rogue, Warrior, Tempest, Blade Master, and Wizard. Um, you choose one when you start, and out in the world you can learn the others through various means. And, you know, you unlock a class, and then you can unlock more abilities within that class. Um, there are no levels. Uh, there's, there's there's no vertical progression. So when you ding, you don't get you know an extra ten percent HP and MP. Um, you know your strength doesn't go up by three or whatever. Um, as you gain experience, what you do is you unlock more abilities in whatever class you're working on at the time. And if you've learned more than one class, you have to pick one to gain experience in. And that's where they're looking at. So since there's no levels, there's no need for something like a mentoring system. Like in Rift or um, right. an auto scaling so system, can like just play together at all times. Right, and if you're doing something that's really designed for a new player, meaning a player who has very few abilities, because there's still going to be content that's more difficult and more easy based on on that. You just pick something that you want to work on that that you haven't yet. So you unlocked, say, you know, just an example, you unlocked the Bard class, but you haven't done anything with it yet. That would be your opportunity to level up your Bard class. Um, and then the last one is dungeons do not require the Holy Trinity. Um, right. Healer, tank, DPS. Well, um, thank good for the, God for that. That's not to say they won't benefit from the Holy Trinity, um, because that still all comes down to design. You know, whether or not you need the Holy Trinity. Yeah, the article I was reading was talking about how they had sort of thrown it all away, but then, then you know, within a line, they sort of backed off of that and said, well, you know, there's multiple classes and multiple skills, and you'll be able to make something very tanky or tankish or healer-y or healer-ish. And so I'm like, wow, you know, are they doing it or are they not doing it? It seems to me like they've, they really, really want to, but they're just afraid to make the leap. Well, and it all, it all comes down to design. Um it's harder to design dungeons and things without the Trinity. For de- for designers, it's much easier to do that. And there are people out there that like tanking. Um, you know, back when we played WoW together, I was not that person, but since then I am. I like tanking. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of games that don't allow me to tank if I want to. Oh. Um, I like tanking. I like gathering all the mobs up and keeping everybody safe. I like doing that. So right. I would I would like the option to use the Trinity if we have it available. I see. Okay. Um, that's what I would like from them. Well, they were saying that the the combat system though was not, that that threat generation was going to be was going to be different than what they were accustomed to. That you really weren't going to be able to even if you made something tankish, um, you weren't going to be able to just dominate all the threat from all the mobs no matter what. That it was it was going to be somewhat of a different approach to, to aggro. 
Yeah, and they said the same thing about Elder Scrolls Online. Um, one of the weirdest tanking things I've ever seen was back in Dark Age of Camelot. Um, part of threat generation was proximity. Um, it was based in the mob's AI. It did a check. If you were standing like at maximum range and plunking away at it, um, the tank did not have to do much threat to keep the mob on them because the mob knew that if it spent, you know, 15 seconds running across the battlefield, that it was going to die. Oh, okay. Um, so there's, you know, different games have done things slightly differently in the past, so we'll see what happens. Um, so that's that's combat. It's still an MMO, so combat's really all we have to do. I mean, we can, there's, there'll be crafting oh. and all that stuff, but, you know, there's, oh. there's no real, there's no real last of the holy grail of a game where you don't have to fight and you can still progress. But there will be. I think he wants parliamentary debate with dungeon bosses. I do not. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mentioned five classes already. They said there's going to be 40 in all. Um, 40? Yes. We don't know how big any of them are going to be. I mean, you can only have four active skills at a time. See, you know, there's something about that that just bugs me. Like, I don't know. It's... It didn't bother me in Guild Wars. Um, That was not one of the problems I had with the game. It's like having all of the numbers above 65 blacked out on your car. Like, you get into the car, and, like, the second you sit down, this is what you're not allowed to do. So, it's, you know, so you have, like, you've got 40 skills available, or 20 skills, or however many you have, but the game's only going to let you use four at a time, because presumably... That's all you can... You know what I mean? It doesn't... It's counterintuitive. That's not how I look at it. I look at it more like your weapon layout in MechWarrior Online. Yeah, you can fit the LRM in that slot. But if you'd rather take the LRM out, you can probably fit two, you know, machine guns in there instead. Well, you know, I, I would agree with that analogy if somebody was trying to carry around half of an armory on their back. Yeah, you can only swing one weapon at a time. That's a reasonable... Uh, a reasonable limitation. You know, you shouldn't be able to carry around a, a howitzer or anything. But, I don't know. It's just me, you know, kind of vamping here. Um, you can learn new classes by finding an ancient scroll, whatever that means, or finding a class master. Um, certain classes will have gameplay requirements. Um, for example, the EverQuest 2 Shadow Knight. Um, good or heroic characters don't qualify to learn that class in EverQuest Next. Um, if you want to become a Shadow Knight, you're going to have to go out and do evil things. Um, so there will be at least some lore continuity around the classes. And there's six races currently announced. Dwarf, Human, Ogre, Elf, Dark Elf, and Karen. Are any of those new to the game? Those are all... I don't know. I don't... I'm not... I know that the first five are not new. I don't know what a Karen is. I don't either. Um, and so, like, yeah, like I said, it's a reboot of the EverQuest series. None of the EverQuest games actually have any relation to each other. They all take place in Norath, but EverQuest 1 and EverQuest 2 are in parallel universes. Um, they did that so that the designers on each wouldn't be hamstrung by the other. When they were making their expansion packs, they could go... That seems a little fussy now, doesn't it? So they're each in their own universe, so that's just weird. Um, 
Now, speaking of EverQuest 1 and 2, um, I understand that this has, that the interest, or at least the news of, of both Landmark and, and EQ Next has generated kind of an uptick or an upswell or resurgence in, in both uh, the original EverQuest and in EverQuest 2. And in fact, Ryland just posted on the forums that he's, he's seeing a lot of uh, old familiar faces uh, knocking around the neighborhood these days. So we have, we have, uh, you know, journalistic uh, reporting on this phenomenon, and we also have, you know, anecdotal evidence from from Ryland playing EQ2. And I'm not, I'm not surprised by that, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, other than the name and the fact that it takes place in a version of Norath, what I see of this game bears no resemblance to EverQuest and EverQuest 2. No, but this goes back to what I was saying earlier about about Norath having kind of a, or EverQuest having its its followers. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's generating like for example, uh, you know, there was a the, one of Core's buddies. He was a member of NOR, but he was never a big uh, fantasy role playing guy. He was he loved Star Wars Galaxies. That's what he enjoyed. He played it until it went bust, and then he just like disappeared and, until you know Old Republic came out, and then suddenly. You know, there he was again, back in uh, back in NOR and then back playing the game. So, I mean, yeah, people have their their particular interests, and they're going to follow that wherever that that takes them. So now, add it all up: um, destructible, buildable world. Um, I'm making air quotes here. Organic questing um, with multiple paths to achieve the ends you want. Um, giant worldwide events. Um, True, in you know, infinite multi-classing. Um, what does this add up to you, to for you? I mean, and we're still early, but does I mean, does this look like a game you want to play? Me, I don't know. Sorry, my ask. Go ahead, Rox. Well, I'm gonna try it. I've signed up for the beta. Um, I'm not sure if it's gonna be the game for me, but I'm gonna look at it. It has its good points and its bad points, I should say. At least for me personally. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to try it as well. Of course, I'm going to try it. But uh, I think the the worry for me, frankly, is is not so much the um, the designers of the game necessarily itself. I sort of feel like I don't know. Sony Online seems somehow to manage to to make the the worst out of a good situation. Um, Really, no matter what they're doing, I, I don't know. I just I'm suspicious of the company. It seems a little bit large, a little ponderous, a little monstrous, and I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, you know, they behave themselves. I guess. In my opinion, Sony Online Entertainment has made more bad games than they have good ones. Um, I don't think their track record is great. EverQuest was a smashing success. Five hundred thousand subscribers at a time when that was easily the peak in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, EverQuest 2 sort of had its lunch ate by Warcraft. Um, Planetside 2, I think, is a runaway success for them. The first one went on a long time, but it wasn't a big success. They've had a bunch of other middling MMOs that are all just niche audience games. So, to me, they've had more... They've had more failures than they have successes, so that automatically makes me leery of whatever they're doing. Well, you know, I don't think I'm not sure I would classify them as failures, but you know, Sony's Sony's a very big company. 
you know, the 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 online game, the gaming portion of their company is is but a, you know, a component of, of an extremely large corporation. Yeah, you know, I mean, EverQuest is still running; it's still going. People still play EverQuest. For heaven's sakes, how old is it? Fifteen years. I mean, so you know, I, I'm not sure. I would say. Do do their games in general appeal to me? Not really. No, I, I've preferred other games, other companies' games. But you know, certainly they again they have their their very devoted following. You you talk to Ryland, or if you were to talk to any of the EQ2 players from NOR when they were playing, or if they are still playing, and they are wholeheartedly devoted to that game. I don't see it. You know, I've played it, I've tried it, I've been there. Frankly, I don't know what they get from the game or what they see in the game that I'm missing. But, you know, that's not up to me. They love it. And, you know, more power to them. So that's how I feel about um, Sony and the EverQuest titles. I just have never really been able to get into it, you know. But I've had really dear friends that loved it. I mean, were obsessed with it. So, you know, I oh, yeah. Hoping this EverQuest next will um, will work out, you know, because I know a lot of uh, the fans of the titles are really looking forward to it, you know. And I hate to see anything fail, game wise, you know. We all want to believe it's going to be the next best thing or something really great. I wish um, a little bit of this talent with uh, with Neverwinter with DDO players migrating. I mean, DDO players too are, are kind of a a fervent bunch, you know. They don't really. At least in NOR, you know, there's not a whole lot of branching out, really. They're, they're reluctant to leave DDO. They've got their time into this old, mature game. Uh, Scorch knows it, you know, from back to front, probably just as well as any of the creators. And, you know, are reluctant to, they've got their place, and they're very comfortable there, and they still enjoy it, and what the hell, why not? What do you need to yeah, mess with the boat? But, but you get a lot of these DDO players saying, hey, the next thing in DDO is, is Neverwinter and a lot of these guys, while they're not trying Star Wars and they're not trying Rift and they're not even playing Warcraft, they're they're willing to give you know Neverwinter a shot. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody who wants to play EverQuest Next the opportunity to do so. If if it's a free to play game, I will give it at least 40 hours, like I do all of them, because um, I'm an idiot. <clears throat> like I do with with all the free to play games, I'll give it I'll give it the time. Um, twice in in the history of MMOs now, I've seen somebody lay out their ambitions for a game, and I've said to myself, yeah, you're crazy, you can't pull that off. <laughs> um, the first was actually just last fall with uh, Chris Roberts, the creator of the Wing Commander series, and his unveiling of Star Citizen at the Game Developers Conference. Um, now that game just announced that they've hit $18 million in crowdfunding, um, and the game is, is is well on its way. Um, and the second time well, I, I hope this, so with eighteen million dollars for crying out loud. Yes, uh, the second time I read, you know, a game announcement and all the press around it, and I went, "That's crazy! You can't pull that off." Was EverQuest next? Um, this just seems like such a big departure from everything that Sony's ever done that I'm leery of it. If they pull it off. There's no doubt in my mind they will have a fantastic game on their hands. Um, I, I, I'm just not sure that they can. I mean, it's it's a very, very ambitious project. Well, Sony has the resources, so we don't need to worry about them running out of dough. This is true. 
But money doesn't solve all the problems. No, no. I, I, you know, I'm the first to, you know, you pointed A.G. Conan. Uh, what they spend on that? $300 million? I mean, come on. So certainly money isn't the answer to, to producing a good game. But, you know, on the same, on the other hand, you know, they, they certainly have the, the resources to, to undertake an ambitious project if that's what this ends up being. Hey, I like Conan. No, it was okay. I didn't think it was three hundred million worth or whatever the hell it was. I mean, uh, no, they could have just sent me a couple of those millions, you know. <laughs> I'd still be a subscriber. Yeah, but they'd be paying for it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, Star Wars: The Old Republic was the most expensive game ever made. Um, that did not meet their expectations. I think. No. I think Star Wars today versus Star Wars that released. You know, if they released closer to what they are today, and I don't mean in terms of additional content, but just the, the fixes they've put in since they released it. It's better now. Oh, yeah. they, would, they would have they had a lot more success. But, you know, if they had to take that extra time before release, how much more would it have cost? I think they're coming around actually somewhat, I don't know about rapidly. I think they're coming around. I think they've discovered this free-to-play business is actually even better for them than the subscription was. And they're not quite there yet. But uh, Rift, Trion's got this figured out. Trion knows this for a fact. And they they are probably making more money now that they have gone free-to-play than they were with their subscribers. And Star Wars, I think, is, is going to make that leap. Eventually, they'll figure it out. You know, give them a full six months to a year when they actually have an accounting department looking at their balance sheets. You know, you free up the players to be able to spend money where they would like to spend money, and they'll spend it. They'll spend a lot more than $15 a month, too. I guarantee it. I'll be perfectly uh, honest. I spent more. I spent more on Rifts free to play in the first five hours I was in it than I spent on Star Wars, DDO, EverQuest combined. Oh yeah. And are you kidding? And Rift was the only one where I felt I didn't actually have to buy anything. Well, that was the nice thing about Rift. You know, the the, the difference between Star Wars model, which was really tight rain, you know, heavy leash controls. You have to unlock, you know, absolutely every little stupid thing. Uh, where And Rift's model was like, everything's open, everything's unlocked. There are very few, you know, really critical restrictions. Uh, and you can spend the money where you would like to spend the money. Yeah, just that, that, that openness and friendliness of theirs made me spend more money. Like that first day, I bought armor sets. For, I rolled two characters just so I could buy them armor sets. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I thought I probably bought two sets of armor the first day as well. See, I haven't spent any of my money. I think I got a silver first for one of them. Actually, it was so quick. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Holy cow! I have to do that for my characters. Well, it's fun. That's the the whole point. And, is that and it's, you know, it's fun, and there's a vast variety, and you can mix and match, and you can dye it, and you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It is fun, and and I think um, more people are playing now. Oh, I think so. The server population, yeah. Shadefall, is much higher than it was even before. Well, certainly before it went free to play, of course. Right. Okay, and then uh, the last little bit on EverQuest next. Um, obviously, you can apply for beta on their site. Anybody with a with a, a Sony online login just has to log in and click the button, and you're applied. Um, they have a round table on their website. It's basically just poll questions, um, questions like should the 
I don't remember what they're called. The little rat people be a race in EverQuest next. Right, right. Um, one of the options is they're a race in EverQuest 2. They should be a race in EverQuest next. That's yeah, we're talking. talking. Okay. Yeah, but actually, you know, one of the questions is should female dwarves have beards or not? And, <laughs> and apparently they're actually taking this feedback from players seriously, which is good. We always want developers to take our feedback, but I wish it was on things that were not quite so meaningless. Right. Well, you know. Hey, that's meaningful if you're a female dwarf. I'm just saying. They're still holding the reins very tightly. Well, I just think it's kind of silly. Um, you know, should the the Rotonga be part of the game, you give them to me or you don't. Yeah. I don't um, have to make one if I don't want one. Hey, this isn't a Kickstarter. If it, was a kick, if it was a Kickstarter and you asked me my opinion, I would give you my opinion, but this is not a Kickstarter. You're making your own game. Um, I just think it's silly, but if you want to participate with that, you can. It's there on their website. Uh, well, one of them was, what do you think the death penalty should be for players? Oh, wow, really? Yeah. So I didn't die. like any of the answers on that one. Uh, well, I didn't even. I just saw the head. I didn't even get a chance to scrutinize it at all. I just saw the headline for the roundtable. Well, if we have time, can you uh, give us the options, Tyler? If I can find them. I just find that interesting, you know. Yeah, I don't see that one, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Like, they have a question, should account lists be friend, be character-based or account-based? That one I actually have an opinion on. But should what? Should the friends list be account-based or character-based? Oh, okay, right. You know, yeah, I have an opinion on that. I guess so do I. <laughs> but for I the most part, for the most part, these aren't the big deal. But it's nice that they're asking. On the other hand, just make your game. Like I'll play the races you give me. Well, I mean, doesn't SOE have a little bit of a, an ivory tower reputation? I mean, I think if they're if they're at least making the attempt to engage their their players, I think that's that's. You're right. All of these questions are sort of very cosmetic and very fast, you know. Very banal. Yeah, but, you know, what the hell. Well, I hope they pull it off because more great MMOs is better than fewer great MMOs. Um, it's very ambitious. Well, when you spread this thing, I agree with that. fewer MMOs. <laughs> well, then, let's move on to some birthdays. Apparently we got a lot of them. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. Happy birthday. Tiger's turned 17. Oh, I just love him. I talked to him on Steam quite a bit. He's adorable. Lancelot, right? Turning 40. Right? Today. Woohoo! Happy birthday, Lancelot. Happy birthday, Lancelot. You can't lose with that name. Just saying. Uh, Yavul is... Turning 41? I don't believe it. I would think that it should be double that. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, another maybe another decade on there. You're calling shenanigans? No. I'm calling shenanigans. No. No, he's too young. He sounds really, really young. No? Okay. Uh, Bear is turning 43. I haven't seen Bear in a while. He was a pretty active Guild Wars 2 player. And Pinky and Helios are turning 44. I did not realize Pinky was 44. Pinky is 44? 
I didn't realize that either. Unless oh, unless you want to call shenanigans on that one too. Yeah, I might be calling shenanigans on that too. I imagined a much yeah. younger person. Me too. I think that has to do with the name. No, no, no. I'm you know. I don't know. I'm not sure I've ever no, it's, hmm. I haven't talked to him that often in TeamSpeak. A couple times. Most of it's been like emails or in game. He just seems really young and I think the last time I was chatting with him online, he told me he had children. I was like, what? Because I thought he was a, like a teenager. Oh, I, didn't think, I didn't think he was that young. I just didn't, I didn't think he was 44. So you guys are still playing Rift? I've been playing Star Wars a lot, hey, actually. Um, wait a minute. We missed a birthday. Oh, we did? We oh. sure did. I don't even know how to say that. Sididian? Sididian? Well, I'll I'll tell you why. Well, that one's on the portal, and I'll tell you why I didn't include him. Because his name's not Green. (laughs) He hasn't been squired yet. Okay, fair enough. I don't mess with the riffraff. I'm kidding. (gasps) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Who are you thinking of, Roxy? Well, I was thinking of a certain lord who's oh, birthday Kate. She two days ago. Birthday was a couple of yeah. Years. How old were you last? 60? I turned forty-four. Forty-four. Yep. Forty-four. So we could have grouped you in with Helios and Pinky. Yes. Yes, that means I'm older than Yabul. I thought Yabul was older than I. I thought you were older than everyone. <laughs> well, Yes. I mean, not in a bad way, but... No, I know. Yeah, I posted a happy birthday from the One Direction on your post. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Yeah, my, my, my happy idea. birthday post from you was happy birthday from your favorite musical group, and it's a picture of British, well, right. British pop right. band One Direction. Yeah, I had no idea who that was. I didn't either. I knew it. I, I just I searched happy birthday gif on Google, and, like, <laughs> they group them by categories now up on the top, and one of them was One Direction. I'm, like, I'm going to click that. And I've got to go with that. <laughs> Listen, I live up in the mountains, and even I know who One Direction is. I don't have any contact with little teenagers. Roxanne, I, I, I hate to break this to you, but I actually consider it a point of pride that I don't know who these people are. Why? Just going to leave that one alone. Old. That's all I'm saying. You have a teenage daughter. Aren't you required to know who all these people are? Not if she doesn't follow them. No. What's that? She's very... Your daughter is very cool. She is. She's pretty cool. She's not superficial at all. So I would not expect her. I'm sorry, what's that? Is she excited about having a little sister? She's... Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She's thrilled. In fact, we were, you know, when we found out that it was, you know, my wife and I, again, had been hoping for a boy. My daughter was, you know, absolutely wanted a girl. And she was, she was hopping around, jumping up and down, running around the house, squealing. I mean, it was, uh, it was quite the show when she found out. That's awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'll need it. (laughs) 
All right, what else we got? That's EverQuest next. EverQuest next. Landmark. We got our birthdays in. We got our guild business in. Yeah. I think that's it. It's pretty good. Any news from uh, Camelot Unchained? Any any word from Mark Jacobs or just kind of I haven't you know, bugged him. pattern? I haven't bugged him again. Um, since our last podcast, I've posted three, two, two updates on the forum. Um, one of the people, his new hires, because he mentioned new hires when he was on with us, um, is the producer for the game, the man who keeps them on schedule. Right. Uh, you know, cracks the whip and all that. I, I just posted today the first couple paragraphs of his first producer's letter. Um, all the, which is the, the part about him, you know, where he got his degree and all that. Um, something that struck me is um, he got a degree in marine biology, which is what Ghost Caller's degree is in. Um, the lead systems designer on WoW. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I, I didn't think I'd see a second, you know, high-profile game designer with a degree in marine biology, but <laughs> I guess that's what happens. And I included a piece of, of concept art um, with that, but you click through to the link, you can read the whole producer's letter. It's got a whole bunch of updates for the game and some scheduling stuff that they have. So, that's yeah, that's the... New one from Camelot Unchained, and then the last one was um, another Kickstarter update. Um, just Mark talking about how they were they were hiring, and uh, a video presentation on how their UI um, scripting and stuff is going to work. And for Camelot Unchained, they're making their UI out of regular web programming, HTML and JavaScript, um, which opens up modding and UI modding to basically anybody because making a web page is easy. Um, right. And they give, you know, just a live demo he created, um, everything you'd need to, like, change or make a new, you know, character widget on your screen, your health bar, your avatar, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, like, 50 lines of code, if that. Right. Nice. So it's, yeah, just a demonstration of how their UI is going to be entirely web-based. And, you know, you can argue the finer points of JavaScript versus Lua, which is what most other games do their modding in, but having it having it web-based, I think, is a nice step for them, and it opens it up to more people. Um, like, I know JavaScript. Um, I know Lua, kind of. But I have to do a lot more. It does make it more accessible, that's for sure. I, I have to do a lot more digging if I'm going to do it with Lua than I do with JavaScript. So I, post I don't think I'd even make the attempt in, you know, in Lua. And then, of course, we've got Elder Scrolls Online still coming up. Um, not sure when I'm going to redo, try to redo the census. I'd like to have a more firm date on when they're actually going to launch the thing. Yeah, yeah. I and we still don't have anybody in beta. Um, and given the I guess they've had like three million people apply for the beta. Yes. I'm not sure we'll get anybody in just based <laughs> on statistics. Um, you know, we might have somebody in who's not active on the forums or whatever right now because we got a lot of old members. That's true. But for people who are active right now in NOR, just the statistics are against us. If three million people applied for the beta. Uh, hey, speaking of which, uh, we did we did do birthdays and and we did uh, we did do. A, I wanted to mention a couple of uh, promotions that have happened since the last. Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Had some big ones are worth noticing. Yeah, um, not to not to downplay any the many many you know squirings and nightings that we've had because we've certainly had quite a few of those. But uh, in in new newly minted officer category, we have uh, uh, Zalus, 
who is um, serving as an officer now on Guild Wars 2 with Brandy. We have... Um, Hold up. What? Zalus, is, Zalus was promoted? Yes. How did I miss that? I don't know. Wow, well, good for him. Okay. Congratulations. This was like three weeks ago. Sorry. <laughs> August 25th. I've personal issues. Huh? Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Be gone with y'all. Anyways, Alice, uh, the young man that we we all know, or is is not quite that young man. Well, he's still a young man, of course, but not quite as young. Uh, Shockingly young man is now baron over at uh, Guild Wars 2. Uh, Zira also is a baroness on um, Star Wars. I see her frequently while I'm playing Star Wars. And uh, it's certainly a well-deserved promotion there. Really, she was really serving as an officer already. And, uh, and languishing in her rank and, uh, was given the promotion that really, you know, certainly she deserved it. Uh, and in, uh, and R2 Heat, uh, also was, uh, promoted to Count. I think Ravenny, uh, has, um, quite a bit of, uh, scholastic academic obligations and was concerned about the amount of time, uh, he was going to be spending, you know, in the guild, for the guild, in game, uh, as a Count over on Star Wars and, uh, I believe he took officially took an LOA, or if he didn't, I I, I know that he's had to scale back his playtime quite a bit um, for law school. So uh, Artuhid was promoted, and Artuhid's been like a house on fire over there. I mean, he took to NOR. I mean, straight away it seems pretty obvious. I don't, you know, sometimes you get a member that is sort of a little lukewarm and and kind of warms to NOR over time. But uh, you know, Artuhid just, uh, you know, here's a guy that really kind of. I think he dove in both, you know, feet first. And Lancelot, too, actually, is speaking of new members. Uh, and new members dumping in feet first. It's, those two guys are really uh, really enthusiastic about the guild and about their, their guild mates and about the games that they're playing. It's yeah. nice to see. It's fun. It's kind of weird. Oh, that's, that's pretty awesome. I nominated one of them for my new member. Speaking of which, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Tala, because we didn't mention that at the beginning. The annual awards nominations are up on the forums. Uh, the request for nominations is up on the forums. Up on the forums, it's up on uh, Facebook, I believe. It's on Twitter. It's it's it, Tundra's going to put it in the uh, newsletter, but also here it is in the podcast. If you have, you can go to the forums and look under. I think it's the members section that I have it in. It's an announcement, so it's it's pretty much everywhere on the forums, no matter where you go. Uh, officer of the Year, Member of the Year, and New Member of the Year. You can make nominations to who you think should be named Officer of the Year, Member of the Year, or New Member of the Year, and, and post them on that, that thread, or you can PM them to me, or you can send them an email. Links are all there. And uh, we're going to have nominations open for the month of September, and then in October, once I figure out how we're going to do the selection process, we will have that selection process, and then we will award those to those members who... Win them. Quick three deathmatch. All the nominees in the deathmatch, and whoever comes out wins. Yeah. Hey, Lass, did you mention when the deadline for the for the nominations are? It's the end of September. So. Okay. Cool. The entire month. I actually, it started a little bit in uh, last week of August, I think, and I said all the way through September it's going to run, and then in October. I was thinking about putting up a poll, but I'm not sure I want to make it that public. I think. I'm just not sure how I want to do it. You know what I mean? I don't want it to become like this weird popularity contest kind of a thing. But on the other hand, it might also just be fun. Now, here's a procedural question. 
Um, I look at my nominations, and my new member and my member are both officers now. Okay. Uh, very recently. Do they still count under the categories I nominated them under? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Of course they do. Well, one thing you could do is just put up, like, a poll, but don't show the poll results, just a voting thing. I don't so that think, way, I don't think PHEDD can do that. No, I can do the poll, and it'll show the results. It won't show who voted, though. So the voting is anonymous, which I think is kind of crucial. Yeah, but if you've got someone that gets, like, ten votes and someone else that gets, like, two. Yeah, they're going to feel like crap, I know. Yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> well, that means that next year happen. next year they shouldn't stick their neck out quite as much so they get noticed enough to be nominated. <laughs> no. And we're going to have to have, we're going to have to have, like, an honorable mention because the new member nominations are all over the place. We have, like, a dozen people named. Oh, really? That many? I think it's great. I think it's it's very good. It's just Were like, any of them not recruited by Tundra? I have no idea who recruited them. <laughs> no, some of them are from Neverwinter. Oh. Some of them are from Star Wars. Some of them are from Guild Wars, too, I think. My name wasn't thrown in there. It's hard to tell because, I mean, anymore, I mean, I think Lancelot started on Neverwinter, but has moved a couple of times. You know, again, it's with... The games being how they are, and the guild sort of expanding its boundaries, which I, I think is good. Uh, you never know where, where people, they may come in on one game and decide they don't really like the game, but they'll stay with NOR, they're just going to switch games. I think it's great. I think I'm the only person in the guild that still officially transfers. No, no, you know, you're not. Amalthus officially transferred him and his entire family to Rift recently. <laughs> he's been playing Rift for months. Yeah, but he's officially listed still, I think, on where? Uh, Runes of Magic? Oof. Yeah. Rom. Rom, yes. So he, he told me he wanted to so OJ officially transferred from Star Wars to Rift. Really? Yes. Wow. That's where the cool people are. His girlfriend's playing there, too. His girlfriend, wife, I'm not sure which it is. I wonder how long before she the baby gets in there. What's that, Cal? I said, I wonder how long before the baby gets in there. I know. I, I want to see whether she's, you know, is she in front of the computer yet? Come on. I think Zalus was online by six. Zalus was online before he could walk. He's got Wi-Fi embedded in his skull. <laughs> he, have you heard him talk on TeamSpeak, Cal? Yeah. I couldn't believe it was him. I mean, it was a little embarrassing. I, I didn't really? want, you know, fawn all over. Well, no, because he sounds, you know, like an adult man. I mean, for get the hell out! I, have I you not talked to him recently? I mean, no, I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, he's not twelve anymore, of course, and I know that intellectually, but I haven't had occasion to speak to him on Teamspeak for quite a while. And he was on the other night. He sounds like his dad. Get out of here! Oh yeah. Um, wow. His dad has, I think a couple times now on Facebook, posted YouTube videos of Zalus doing actual stand-up comedy. You have to see this, Rex. What? Oh, yeah. He does stand-up. He does improv. You talk about Zalus. Zalus does, yes. I will, I will check that out. It's, it's there. 
It's there. We should have that. That should be on, like on the news on the the newsletter for heaven's sakes. Well, we should have him on here to do a comedy bit for us. He can have my seat. Yeah, because that's what a comedian well, wants. He wants to come into a a <laughs> podcast with an audience of three <laughs> who've yeah. known him who've known him since he was six. Yeah, and no audience for feedback at all. Yeah, we can get a laugh track, can't we? We oh could. God, that would be even worse. That'd be awesome. All right, I need to begin to. Are we we squared away. I should be calling it. Yeah, up. I think we're squared away. Everybody, give me a hail nor, and we'll sign. Hail N O R. Hail nor, y'all. Hail <laughs> nor. Good night, everybody. Good night.